All right, guys, we are back for another podcast. This week, I am joined by just one person in the dynamic duo, Mr. Daniel Weber. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother, man. It's it's nice. We got a new platform. I've got uh, I've got a new microphone, so my voice should sound a lot better. I just put myself a new drink, so I'm excited, man. This should be a lot of fun. It sounds like a wild Wednesday night for you. And yes, as Dan mentioned, we are on a new platform, so hopefully it is a little more clear, and um, hopefully the production value increases a little bit. I'm pretty excited with this platform, but as always, appreciate feedback, and um, we'll see what what happens. Um, But let's jump into week three stuff, and I'd say the biggest news of this weekend was, of course, another injury, and it unfortunately affected... Well, someone that's all too familiar with injuries, as Kevin saw, you know, Saquon Barkley go down with a high ankle sprain. Right now, the estimates are four to eight weeks that he's going to be out. And with that happening, that's obviously a huge blow to Kevin's team. So, Dan, what were your kind of initial thoughts after seeing this? I mean, it's it's a real barnburner. I feel for Kevin. Kevin's known as a fantasy reaper in this sport, and it's a it's a real heartbreaker. Saquon Barkley, such a talented individual, really goes through and brings all the different dynamics in the game. I mean, this is this is like losing your ace in, in starting pitching, losing your LeBron, your Kobe, your your Jordan in in basketball. It's what a heartbreaking event. Four to four to eight weeks, leaning on the eight week side until after their bye. Just yeah, it's it's very unfortunate for Kevin. And I mean, when we look at his team, let's let's just give a quick rundown on the injuries that he's unfortunately dealt with. At the quarterback position alone, Sam Darnold has mono and is currently out. His team is on a bye, but there's rumors he might be back next week. Cam Newton is apparently dealing with a Liz Frank injury because the Panthers don't respect his long-term health and made him play through that. We've mentioned Saquon Barkley. Um, for wide receivers, oh yeah, Antonio Brown and that whole clusterfuck that Kevin's dealt with ever since trading for him. And then at tight ends, Hunter Henry has done his yearly injury routine and is out for several weeks. So, I mean, it's it's early, but I don't think any team has dealt with the in- amount of injuries that Kevin has. And he still finds himself atop of the standings. It's, it's a crazy way to think about that, and I think that's helped with Daniel Jones taking care of his business coming in the last week and making that, that big deal. Kenny Galladay's continued to be a, a benefit for the for the Detroit team, and having Matthew Stafford to throw him the ball really helps. David Johnson from his wide receiver, his running back core helps, and he still has that guy named James White, which is Tom's Brady, Tom Brady's godsend when it comes to actually going through and getting touchdowns. And I, you hope that it continues to play better for him. I feel for him, but... You're, you got to begin to question if he has the longevity now to, to continue to make the push that he's made so far. Yeah, well, great semi-segue. We're going to be going through power rankings on this week's podcast, and that'll obviously be a big talking point. But I also just forgot James White missed the game because his wife was in labor, so that was another player that Kevin was down a week for. Um, but I'd say, and then before we go to the power rankings, one more thing I want to touch base on. Well, a few more things. Um, Melvin Gordon. For those that haven't heard the news, it just came out you know, earlier this afternoon, and it's all but confirmed. He's reporting to the team tomorrow. He'll be back with the Chargers. He, at this point, it sounds like won't be playing on Sunday, but I'm assuming all systems will be a go come week five. Um, Dan, what what are your thoughts on this impending return of Melvin Gordon? I think the number one big question is, is how game-ready is Melvin Gordon going to be when you think about the fact that he's taking these weeks off, what is his actual physical condition and how effective is he going to be as he begins to, to get reacclimated with the offense? Austin Eckler's done a hell of a job running this offense, making everything worthwhile, jumping and taking care of this team and ultimately almost leading the entire fantasy football league in points. Um, how much effectiveness is Melvin Garner going to add? I think that becomes kind of a fun question to see as we go through the next couple weeks. Yeah, no, I you absolutely put hit the nail on the head with Austin Eckler and what he's done. I mean, I think for as good as Austin Eckler has been, I think we, I would hope, maybe, maybe not, um, still think that Melvin is the, the most talented running back on this team. But obviously, Austin Eckler has been great. He's produced extremely well. 
And this kind of adds a new wrinkle to it because for Stefan, he's getting, you know, a guy that he expected to be a high-end running back for him. And then for Adam, uh, Franchise 12, who has Austin Eckler on his team, his role might be changing. What do you expect to happen, Dan? I mean, do you have an idea? I mean, this is kind of uncharted territory. I think this is a really interesting way to, to think about it and look at it. But Chargers are running well. The Chargers are 3-0. and They're Right, they're three and zero, right, Nick? Am I am I lost in there? Um, no, I believe they lost last week to the Texans. I think they're two and one. Okay, I mean, even at two and one, when you look at what this team's put together, Eckler putting seventy seven point eight points up as we go through thus far in in fantasy, it's huge. And now you get this guy Melvin Gordon coming back, who I think is arguably a top seven running back in the entire league. How do you? fluctuate the balance for a guy that's carried you through the first couple weeks to a guy that you anticipate being the best. How I think you get that breakdown is going to make all the bit of difference. And pardon me, they're actually 1-2. and two. They lost to the Lions and the Texans. They beat the, the Colts in week so, one. So that's even more questionable is, is if you have a Melvin Gordon, do you see yourself as a 3-0 team? Do you see yourself being that much better? I, I think they still run the bell cow. I still think Melvin Gordon is the man, the myth, the legend in that in that thing, and I really hope that this kid gets paid at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, he's so fun to watch. I mean, I guess, so we, I think it sounds like we both think Melvin's going to be the guy, but is Austin Eckler still going to have a role? He's probably not going to be the top five running back that he's been for these first three weeks, but where, where do you think he's still going to fall on the dominoes of running back rankings for fantasy football? I still think he has fantasy relevance. I think there's a lot of additional pieces that Austin Eckler gives, and I think this is a the Chargers, at least for years past, even with Melvin Gordon being in there, have done a really nice job spelling Melvin Gordon, giving a change of pace, offering different views and looks in the offensive scheme. I don't see them changing much than what they've done in years in years past, and I think this potentially could hurt Melvin Gordon in certain aspects, that Austin Eckler's proven he can do this job. But you've got a guy like Melvin Gordon feed the beast, let the man run, and let him catch the ball out of the backfield and run it in for, into the end zone. Yeah, we are definitely on the same page with this. I think Melvin's going to be pretty quickly back to an RB1 uh, status, and I think Eckler is, I think at the very least, he's going to be flex-worthy, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he is an RB2 still. Um, I think this Chargers team, they obviously have Keenan Allen, but after that, I'm not sure this receiving core is world beaters. Um, we'll talk about Mike Williams in a, a few minutes, but I, I think that this team might be maybe going through a change. And I think, um, de- or I think, um, prioritizing the running backs and um, you know utilizing them to their tr- uh, full talents are going to be uh, kind of the go-to for this Chargers offense going forward. But we'll see. That's how that plays out in week five when Melvin is back, assuming he doesn't play this week. Yep, should be a fun thing to watch. Absolutely. Um, so before we get into the power rankings, um, the last thing I want to talk about is the trade that went down today. A semi-big one, actually, um, from my perspective, as we saw Sauce, Steve, give up Leonard Fournette and Tyrell Williams, and in return, Flash Gordon, Stefan, Gave up D.D. Westbrook, Mike Williams, Trey Burton, a 21 fourth round pick, and a 21 third round pick. This was, you know, an interesting trade. Um, Dan, what what were your thoughts when you saw this one come through? So I think the big thing you got to look at is, number one, the first guy being moved is Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, while he's proven to have injury issues, is the man in, in Jacksonville, and with Sauce already having uh, DJ Chuchu on his roster uh, and now acquiring D.D. Westbrook, he's really invested in that gardner Mishu passing game right now. Um, and this really just goes through and solidifies Stefan's running backs. I mean, you can't ask for much more out of what Flash Gordon's putting together. Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, an impending Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs. Uh, what, what more do you want out of life in this? And I even getting rid of a wide receiver and acquiring a red receiver that's getting the volume, getting everything that needs to, to be coming in Tyrell Williams. You, I like it. I think Stefan absolutely won this trade. I think Stefan 
was hand and foot above the other pieces. Um, watching that, watching the Leonard Fournette piece move, I think was the biggest piece in this trade. Yeah, he absolutely was from my perspective. I mean, so it's interesting. I mean, my initial first thoughts were for this trade were that Stefan, you know, clearly won it. I think he got the best fantasy player, and I think he got a position that I think many people have learned or will learn or is hard to fill. Um, people value hoard run, running backs like gold. And I think, you know, when you have an opportunity to get Leonard Fournette, for my opinion, to backup type players i think that was a win but at the same time for as for as much as we think of leonard fournette as some super duper you know elite running back he's been a little inconsistent he's been a very much a volume guy and while he does maybe accumulate the numbers he's not you know dominating in what he does this is he i mean where do you think where do you view leonard fournette as a running back um, for the fantasy kind of fantasy rankings, excuse me. If he can stay healthy, I think Leonard Fournette's a top 15 guy. I don't think he breaks the top 10. I think the Jacksonville offense in general is very reliant on the fact that you can load the box and make whoever's playing quarterback try and beat you, whether it's it's um, Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles. I think those are the pieces that play into it. So so he gets a disadvantage here. Now, I think if you take Leonard Fournette and put him on a different team, he becomes that guy. I think he breaks the top ten. I think he makes a lot more of an impact. But I think in a situation in Jacksonville, he's a top 15 guy at, at best. Um, and his health is ultimately going to play the, the ultimate factor. And if he stays healthy like he is right now, if he can run effectively, if he can be the man that comes out of the backfield in the passing and catching game, uh, not the passing game, but the rushing game. I think it's a it's a big win, and I think he can have huge upside. Yeah, I, I definitely buy that. I think my last kind of takeaway for this trade is I feel like if you're Steve, you got to be low on Leonard Fournette because when you look at his team, I think for running backs, I mean, Marlon Mack obviously is proving to be a legit running back, but then after that, there's just a ton of question marks. I mean, his number two and number three running back, depending on how you want to put it, are Defonte Freeman and Carlos Hyde. Um, Carlos Hyde has been on, what, like five teams in the last, like, two years or something ridiculous. And Devontae Freeman, unfortunately, I think he just looks like a shell of his former self. I mean, we'll see. Last week he kind of maybe turned a corner, but it's... Even still, it's been a rough, you know, kind of last two years for him. Um, so I'm just curious to see how Steve, or Steve's running back core can kind of develop and, you know, carry this team that, look, is arguably has the best wide receiver core in the league. And even though Trey Burt, or excuse me, uh, George Kittle hasn't lit the world on fire to start the year, he's still George Kittle. So it's that's just something I'm very interested in. should be a fun next couple weeks with again watching this Gardner Minshew experiment see what happens out of it and we kind of you kind of hope and pray but yeah I think it'll be uh it'll be very interesting all right so the next thing that we're gonna go over are gonna be our power rankings um so how, how we're gonna do this is we're gonna kind of do a power rankings draft Dan's gonna start he's gonna pick the team that he thinks is the top team in the league and then kind of we'll both kind of discuss maybe the strengths and weaknesses and maybe future outlook for this team. And then I'll go and take the second team and yada, yada, yada. We'll go until we get to Sam at the 12th spot. Um, so I guess without further ado, Dan, you have the average to start this week. Who is your number one overall team right now? So I'm going to kind of go. It's going to be a little bit interesting, but I think this team's very well put together. I'm going to take Captain Mayfield at the one spot, and this might come as a little bit of a surprise, but you've got a guy like Dak Prescott hemming the the ultimate way of being the best quarterback so far in the league next to um, Lamar Jackson as far as fantasy points go. Gardner Minshew's proven he can do it, and, and the other guy that, that's back there is Baker, and you've got to hope that that offense snaps out of it. Running back-wise, you've got, you've got a Joe Mixon, which is – what it is, but Carryon Johnson's poised to continue to 
jump more and more. But then you move into this wide receiver core, and you've got guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, who had a great banner week last week, and you've got a young up-and-coming guy in Terry McLaurin that's really taking care of it. And where you fall flat a little bit is in the in the tight end core, and understanding it's a tight end premium. Jason Witten's going to be your guy down there. He's averaging, he's got 36.4 points on the year so far. Um, if we can get a little bit more production out of an Eric Ebron, um, if the Washington Redskins use Vernon Davis. I think this team's the one to go. His points are going to continue to trend upwards. Uh, it was a tough, it was a coin toss here between who I would take, but I'm going to take Captain Mayfield as my my number one team here. You know, it's hard to argue this. I feel like when you look at, I'd say maybe the top three, four, maybe five teams, I think there's a lot of, you know, you can really flip a coin in a lot of aspects. The one thing I'll, I'll pick your brains on with this is for, for Nick's team, Captain Mayfield, you know, Baker Mayfield has been one of the most disappointing players to start this year. Do you think, you know, do you expect him to turn it around? Can Nick be uh, the top team in the league without Baker being, you know, close to that elite-ish person we saw at the end of last year? I think the, the fun part when you look at it is is. Gardner Minshew has 21.5 more points in fantasy than Baker Mayfield does, and that's a scary thing to think about. When you've got this rookie coming into a what you anticipate to be a less offense, he doesn't have an Odell Beckham Jr. He doesn't have a dynamic defense that's going to give him the ball back day in and day out to try and make plays and make things happen. If he can get Baker Mayfield to turn this around, which I hope this offense does, I love this, what the Browns are trying to do to give a winning team to Cleveland. I think this is big. Dak Prescott's arguably one of the best quarterbacks that's playing right now looking to get a contract looking to make a name for himself. I Yes, I think this team turns itself around. I think this team starts to put up points. I think this team becomes very, very scary and dangerous when this Cleveland Browns offense starts ticking. All right, I buy that. Um, all right, so moving on to the second-ranked team. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm going to go... I'll stick with Sauce for right now. Um, I think his team... The wide receiver, the quarterbacks, Matt Ryan is obviously a stud. He's shown what he can do, and him and Julio Jones are off to a special start in the year. Uh, I think Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, they, you know, that's kind of the heart attack attack for um, a heart attack um, combo at quarterbacks. But I think while they might not be the best real life quarterbacks, I think they're capable of sustaining um, a fantasy output that would be acceptable. Um, the, the running backs, I mean, I kind of touched on after the trade. You know, Mar- Marlon Mack I love, but I think there are some question marks. The only reason why I'm not going to completely um, nullify that disadvantage is the fact that his wide receiver core is, you know, spectacular. When you have Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, you know, as a one-two punch, that's one thing that's kind of silly. But then you throw in Larry Fitzgerald. And then you've got the depth of DJ Chark, you know, the newly acquired Michael Williams and D.D. Westbrook. Um, and then, of course, you know, looming inevitably is A.J. Green. So that's just a great, you know, very intriguing wide receiver core. And at tight ends, I mean, George Kittle is George Kittle, and old man Delaney Walker just continues to get it done. So that that, that would be my number two team. I mean, between you and me, it might actually be my number one team, but we're going to adhere to these rules. What are your thoughts, Dan? I mean, it's it's hard to argue against you. I think you can flip a coin between a couple of these top four teams that you and I might go through. It's a, uh, it's a fun team to watch. I think Sauce has arguably one of the better teams here, and if he can put the right lineup on the field every time, if he can get the production value out of that wide receiver core, pick the best two running backs that he has on his team, which now is thinned out to, to that, and making sure that Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, or Andy Dalton, whichever ones he wants to pick, take care of their business. Yes, I agree. I think I think that's a very solid pick at number two. All right. Well, you're up for number three. Who you got? 
I'm going to take you at number three, dude. I don't think there's any reason why I should hesitate on anything like that. Uh, my eyes, the goggles do nothing. Uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the absolute man. Um, he showed up last week against New Orleans. You have the best running back in the league right now as far as fantasy production and Dalvin Cook, and you got to hope that that continues to go. Now it's just, will James Conner come back to his own self, and will, will Sony Michelle be the best person in that backfield? But then you look into your wide receiver corner, and yeah, um, John Ross had a really great first two weeks. I'm not sure where he goes from there, but do look at a guy like Hollywood Brown and Amari Cooper. That's fun. And Jamison Crowder's only going to get better once you get Sam Darnold back. And then Mark Andrews, who's had a banner, banner week as a tight end. But you have one of the better fourth-and-coming tight ends in Darren Waller. And this is a – I laughed when I saw you spend everything on this kid in, in fab and – now that he's on your team, I'm super jealous I didn't do the same thing. I'm going to take you at three. I think this is a fun, fun team. Waller, Waller, you paid off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, just I appreciate the ranking. I think running back is definitely a concern for my team, um, just in terms of, I mean, Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook, but, you know, the James Conner and Sonny Michelle situations are, you know, something to be cautioned about. Um, I think James Conner is going to turn it around, but Sonny, it's, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots, and we'll see what happens in that situation. But just something to monitor, and I'm definitely, you know, thinking twice about that one. Yeah, that puts you up at four then, man. Who you got at four? All right, well, I guess I'm going to return the favor, and I'm going to put you at number four. I think looking at your team, you know, I think we got to start with, you know, Christian McCaffrey. It starts and ends with him. He is, oh, excuse me, um, he is the, the running back that, for my money, might be the top overall running back in Dynasty. He just does it all, and he gets it done on a weekly basis with the amount of absurd, you know, 20-plus touches he gets on a daily basis. You know, from there you have Mark Ingram, who for my money, is going to be one of the, you know, in redraft leagues, I think he's going to be on, you know, the highest percentage of champion teams just because of that Baltimore offense. You know, him and Lamar Jackson just go together like peanut butter and jelly because he just, Lamar Jackson will just make it so easy for Mark Ingram. And then you obviously have, you know, the Denver backfield, which helps the situation. And at wide receivers, I mean, Julian Edelman, you know, Tyler Boyd, of course, Adam Thielen, you know, is a great combination. A tight end, you know, O.J. Uh, Howard has disappointed a little bit, but I think he's going to rebound. And, you know, let's just call it out, you know, Austin Hooper, you kind of put your flag down to start the year thinking he could break out, and he's done nothing but live up to those, you know, expectations that you placed on him. The only, I guess, caveat for your team and, you know, thing that might be holding you back is potentially your quarterbacks. Josh Allen is doing Josh Allen things, and he's producing, you know, well. Um, after that kind of stinker of a performance in week one, he's rebounded quite well, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him and that Bills team play the Patriots this weekend. But, you know, Kirk Cousins, I'm a little bit concerned, and, you know, we'll see if Dwayne Haskins, you know, he's probably going to get a shot in the near future, and I'm very interested to see how that situation goes because we've seen um, Case Keenum put up some numbers. And maybe Troy Haskins, even though he's a rookie, could, you know, continue that trend. And I think that's the hope. I, I wouldn't lie if I said I'm not looking forward to the day Dwayne Haskins takes over and, and runs that offense. There's nothing against Kirk Cousins, but this is a fun thing. And and the the interesting part is, yes, doesn't O.J. Howard come around? Can I make the right decisions with my not necessarily stellar wide receivers, but the, the role players, the guys that should get me anywhere between – 12 to 16 points a week um, with a Julian Edelman leading the way. I think it's a, a little bit fun. Oh, no doubt at all about that. And, I mean, you know, let's also, as we project, you know, down the line, you're obviously in a tough division, but you're also one of, like, the only teams that still has their first-round pick next year. So if for whatever reason you decided to maybe make a move, you'll have a lot of leverage that some other teams don't have. Or you can sit tight and, you know, again, be one of the, the four teams that might make a draft selection next year. Yeah, options are always fun. And when I look at options, I get to look into moving to my number five point on the power rankings. And 
I would have normally reserved the spot for Kevin. I really wish I could give it to Kevin, but with the, the Saquon Barkley injury, with everything that's happened with the trade that went down today, give me a little Flash Gordon love here. Give me a little Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, and Jared Goff at quarterback. I will take the, the Chubb, the Ingram, the Penny Looming thing of Melvin Gordon coming back. Wide receivers, this is the part that scares me a little bit. When you look at the number one receivers, the newly acquired Terrell Williams, understanding that the Oakland team isn't all that great. you got a lot of investment here with the fact that you have Josh Jacobs. Um, then you move into Brandon Cooks and, and Cortland Sutton. And again, that scares me with a Joe Flacco team, but it is what it is there. But you got a guy like Zach Gertz. Um, I really like this team. I think this team just got significantly better with the trade that was just made, acquiring a lettered Fournette, acquiring a, a Terrell Williams. I, I like where this team's at, giving them at number five. I love the call. To be honest, I thought about maybe placing stuff ahead of you. Um, I think, as you said, you know, the trade was great, but obviously getting Melvin Gordon back, you know, that is a trade that not many people could pull off, so... Melvin Gordon returning to his lineup is going to be a, a boom. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about is Tyreek Hill has obviously been out, but he has McCole Hardman, who I think, you know, he's kind of a set and forget when it comes to that lineup. And it's just been a nice, I think, insurance policy. Stefan hasn't really produced well um, points-wise, but I feel like that the corner might be turning. Um, we'll see um, if that continues but I, I think it's going to happen um so we just that was our fifth spot so we're up to six um for my six i i'm gonna it's a toss-up between two teams i'm going to go with franchise 12 uh when i look at franchise 12's team he's it obviously starts with patrick mahomes um in our you know super flex you know league he is the number one asset you know, Adam is going to have Patrick Mahomes for the next 15 years of this league. You know, right now I'm knocking on wood. It's hopefully around for it. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be on that team for probably all 15 of those. After that, I mean, you have Tom Brady. You know, Drew Brees is currently out, but Mason Rudolph is a nice, you know, security blanket that Adam smartly acquired. Um, and at running backs, I mean, Chris Carson, it's, a, it's something to monitor. But the good thing is, again, he... Required back or he acquired backup and he got Penny Rashad, who if there's a switch that's maybe changed or you know a switch happens, he's got his ass covered there. Um, Duke Johnson's disappointed a little bit, but he still has you know Austin Eckler who might not be as good, but maybe he'll take a step back and still be relevant. Matt Breida does his thing. Kareem Hunt is going to be back soon, and we'll see what he does there. And then you still have you know Adrian Peterson, you know Jalen Samuels. I mean he's got. A lot of interesting running backs that he can plug and play. You know, if he can continue to select the right ones, he could probably maintain, you know, what he's done to start of the year. After that, you know, the wide receivers, you know, it starts with Juju Smith-Suster, who's lost uh, Big Ben. And I think that this entire team is going to find a rhythm and Juju is going to bounce back and show the elite talent he has. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, what is there to say? This guy is an ageless wonder, and he just he just finds the fountain of youth, comes back from an Achilles injury, and just does this thing. Um, I'm expecting him to be fantasy relevant all year. At tight end, I think this is the problem. Uh, Vance McDonald, you know, Steelers just traded for a tight end. I heard he was in a sling. I wonder if he's going to be missing time. I mean, Jordan Reed is a walking concussion. And Noah Fant just, he clearly is going to need some seasoning to develop into a, a fantasy tight end because he, he just, he makes mistakes. He just doesn't, the game's a little too fast for him. I think he can be a good tight end, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. So he's got to address that position. But, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, anything's possible. I think it's I think it's fun, and then you think about the fact that you get Golden Tate back after this week, you get Kareem Hunt back after Week Eight. It's uh, there's two big, huge, looming pieces ready for Franchise Twelve to come back fresh, ready to go. Um, maybe the Cleveland offense needs this as a spark, but I think you watch watch a guy like Daniel Jones take advantage of a guy like Golden Tate who can run the short routes, run the deep routes, be a possession receiver, and really make an impact in what that offense can be. Great call with Golden Tate. I think he's going to be uh, similar to what we've seen Emmanuel Sanders do for this uh, Broncos team. I'm really 
I, I don't think he's going to be maybe quite as good, but I think he's going to be do a very admirable job, and that will be quite a boost for him. Um, so that's who's your number seven, Dan? Um, I think this transitions really well. I'm going to move. I'm going to put Kevin here. I think I think Kevin fell a couple spots. I think he fell to two spots with the Saquon Barkley injury. But you got a guy like Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Stafford at the quarterback helm. I love what Daniel Jones has done. I am a Daniel Jones, stake, Daniel Jones stakeholder in another league. I think this is a big win. He got Gallman to play the backup with this. David Johnson continues to do David Johnson things, and we all know Kevin's a, a big badger boy, which James White takes care of his business there. Um, from the wide receiver core, having a guy like Kenny Galladay get the volume, get the pieces with this, and if Kevin, Calvin Ridley can actually get the target share, which I hope doesn't come from from a guy like Austin Hooper, that helps. But then you look at he's got Will Disley, and and I will I will give a lot of credit to Russell, Russell Wilson. He's found a tight end. He's found a guy that he can rely on. He can get him the ball. He can take care of advantage in the red zone and make really make this guy worthwhile. I think I think Kevin takes my number seven spot as the as the team that that rounds the he's basically the the smartest kid on the short bus right now with a step away from being able to ride the big boy bus <laughs> so the saquon barkley injury obviously had an impact on things if saquon was healthy you know he was going to be playing next week where hypothetically would you be putting Kevin's team in this league I move him up right ahead of franchise twelve. I think that I think that makes that big of a difference. I don't know after the trade that that Stefan made at uh, to get him to the five spot makes a lot of difference, but you got to remember Kevin's three and zero in the league. Kevin's put up one of the largest amount of points that we have in the league. He's got that. Is it just a matchup piece? I don't know, but his team's really good, and I think the Saquon Barkley injury is a two point swing where I think that he would be if Barkley's healthy. He he jumps up maybe at a five position, definitely the six. Um, but I think he, without the Barkley thing, he sits at the seven position. But I mean, you could flip a coin between him and Stefan right now, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue one way or another. All right. So that brings me to the eighth spot, and I don't know about for you, but I think this is kind of where a teardrop, you know, starts, you know, from the previous seven teams. Um, for me, it, it was a toss-up between two teams, but I'm going to go with Cold Steel and Sunshine. You know, Mr. Chris. Um, it starts with Lamar Jackson. You know, I, you know, talked to numerous teams when I tried to trade in this offseason, and he was the only team that bit. And I think a lot of teams, including myself, would like a do over there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and that Niners offense is a bit frustrating to watch because they've been so explosive, but none of the the passing or none of the wide receivers or quarterbacks are benefiting from it. It's been just goal line running backs from. Interesting to see if you know Jimmy Garoppolo can kind of captures and you know, capitalize on some of this offense that we're seeing this Niners team, you know, really just dominate and put up. At the running back core, it's a lot of question marks. I mean, Todd Gurley, there was cause for concern all off season, and unfortunately it's been justified. He's just he's not been used anywhere close to as often as he was last year, and it's been and when he has, it hasn't been, you know, amazing production that we've seen. Um, but, you know, he does have a unique amount of depth. Uh, Peyton Barber, you know, Taven Goldman, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Deion Lewis, those guys are all capable of, you know, producing. Um, and of course, he kind of has Todd Gurley's handcuff at Malcolm Brown, which helps a lot. And the wide receiver core, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is T.Y. Hilton. He's shown that he is, he can survive without Andrew Luck, and he's been doing a phenomenal job at that. Um, Will Fuller has. He hasn't quite, I think, had his typical Will Fuller game, and I feel like that's only a matter of time. And then, you know, Nelson Aguilar has looked, you know, damn solid. And Philip Dorsett, he's really capitalized in this Patriots offense. And, you know, Ted Ginn Jr. is Ted Ginn Jr. Um, at the tight end position, I mean, he has the best tight end in the game in Travis Kelsey. Um, but then he's also got, you know, Greg Olson, who looked... who just looks amazing on this, you know, Panthers team. Hopefully he can stay healthy because this is, he's, you know, we have a lot of Bears fans in this league, and I know we all have a soft spot for Greg Olson, and he's just come out, you know, guns a-blazing. Um, so, yeah, this is my number eight team. i got to go with Chris. Yeah, I think I think that's a smart life decision. And I'll move right into the, uh, the number nine spot, which you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm going to take Zane. 
I, Team Z. I, am I wrong in thinking that, Nick? No, not at all. I mean, Zane, obviously, you know, when you look at his team, the running back spot is devastating. Um, Tariq Cohen has not lived up to any hype whatsoever. Miles Sanders, you know, we kind of thought this would happen. The, the Eagles are taking the, the slow approach. There's a lot of training wheels here. But at the same time, it feels like once or twice a game, there's reason to be optimistic for them. And ironically enough, his best running back might be old man Frank Gore, which kind of says it all when it, when you look at Zane's team. I think the fun part with this, too, is you look at a guy, when you look at his wide receiver core, his best wide receiver is DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Fun fact, he actually is the third best receiver on his team. And it's not even Odell Beckham Jr. that's the best receiver. It's this guy named Tyler Lockett. Russell Wilson's doing amazing things up in Seattle. And when you can get production out of a Tyler Lockett, and then you have an Odell Beckham Jr. and a DeAndre Hopkins as your number two and number three according to points-wise, what the hell more do you want? And then you have this guy named Evan Ingram who is just flourishing under this absolute bullshit uh, Giants offense and he's really making a name for it. I think he's going to continue to be one of Daniel Jones' top targets without having Saquon Barkley. I'm a buyer in part of what this team's got going on, but I have growing, growing concerns when the fact that you have to start Joe Flacco as your number two wide receiver, or your number two quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram, i got to give Zane props for this. He was beating that drum all offseason, and I you know, foolishly, I did not agree with that take, and I will be the first to admit I was wrong. Um, Evan Ingram, he, I think Travis Kelsey is still number one, um, but, you know, I think Ingram might be the number two tight end, or damn close to it. I mean, when you look at Zach Ertz and George Kittle, and then maybe some of these other young risers and Mark Andrews, or maybe Darren Waller, but, you know, Evan Ingram has been amazing, and I agree. It's only going to continue with Daniel Jones. The only thing I want to talk about is Aaron Rodgers. Do, is this going to be turned around soon? Because we all thought, oh, Zane has Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. He's going to just dominate at the quarterback position. Well, Andrew Luck retired, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, has outscored Joe Flacco at all this year. So what do you think about Aaron Rodgers, Dan? I think, unfortunately, he's a product of the, the system that he's in. And I would love to give Matt LaFleur all the, the credit in the world to to do it, but he came out of a Tennessee offense. He came out of, a, of an area where you don't see a lot of production, where they sucked super bad last year. That way it's it's not pretty, it's not great, and you, you hope that he turns it around, but I don't know if I see the, the ability to do so. I'm not a big believer in Aaron Rodgers. Now, he's not a guy that's going to turn the ball over and lose points for you at the same point in time. But how glass house can he be? How adept to this offense can he be? And I think that's the part that makes him just a forty less than forty one point um, quarterback. And I mean, you look at the fact that Case Keenum's got fifty one fantasy points to Aaron Rodgers forty. Case Keenum, you ever heard of this team called Washington? They're arguably ruthlessly bad. Um, it's a scary, scary piece. Yeah, it is. We'll have to see that because. You know, right now it's it's unfortunate, but Zane is probably going to make the playoffs. And just how the divisions are set up, uh, as we get to the the final three teams, you know, we'll see why Zane's going to likely make the playoffs. So my number ten team is going to be under construction, Sean O'Neill. Um, Sean's, you know, as we look at his team, you know, he has Marcus Mariota and Mitchell Trubisky at quarterbacks. They aren't the most ideal, but he did trade for Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy is going to be the leader of the Saints, you know, offense for the next, you know, maybe for the entire um, uh, duration of the um, fantasy football season. And Will Greer, I mean, who knows what's happening in Carolina? He might get an opportunity maybe sooner than later. At running backs, I mean. Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. He is so ridiculously good that he can make the, you know, Sean's garbage, you know, running back core look good. Uh, but Rex Burkhead has been sneaky good. And that was a, you know, a big trade that Sean did and he acquired him. And I think that's going to continue to help him. Uh, at wide receiver, I mean, Cooper Cup, 
is currently his number one wide receiver. And Cooper Cup is great, but Devontae Adams has been a little bit disappointing. And if Devontae Adams can rebound, you know, and you add that to Cooper Cup, you know, to Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, to this Demarcus Robinson guy, oh, and also Sammy Watkins. I mean, Sean has a wide receiver core. Tight end, again, is a little suspect. Um, I guess this James O'Shaughnessy at Jacksonville is his number one guy, but I'm not even sure if I pronounced his name right. So Sean's my 10th spot or 10th place team, and I think that's more because of the two teams behind him. What are your thoughts, Dan? I think, I mean, I think you can flip the coin between between under construction and the team that I'll take at 11 at three blind mice. Um, I don't know if Wilger gets a gets a an opportunity with how Kyle Allen performed. Understandably, yes, it's the Cardinals' defense. It's the Cardinals' defense. They suck. You know, make whatever excuse you want. Derek Carr's been somewhat relevant this way. But you got a guy like Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott. And the Dallas has had a laydown schedule over the first couple of weeks, and I think this is just to get Elliott really primed and ready to get going on. And I think Jerry's big problem is that your best receiver outside of this last week where Taylor Gabriel went off for three touchdowns is you got a guy like DK Metcalf who's your number one wide receiver. Outside of that, there's a 16-point fall off where you get down to a guy like Willie Sneed, Matt Collins, Keyshawn Johnson, who should pick up target share now that um, what's-his-face has gone out of, out of Michael Arizona. Michael Crabtree, thank you very much. And then you look at the wide, or the tight end position. Njoku's going on the IR. He's not going to be back for eight weeks. Um, is Jack Doyle going to be the guy there? Will Irv Smith be able to, to reap the benefits of not being just a blocking tight end? Um, it's a big piece there. Um, I think you could flip the coin on either one of these. I don't think you're wrong with taking under construction, but I don't think you're right in not taking three blind mice. I think this is a – when you look at these bottom three teams, it's a, there's not a big – at least not with Sam's team, but when you look at Sean and Jerry's team, it's a, it's an interesting piece there. And Alexander Madison's getting his carries as a spell back to, to – uh, it's Alvin Cook, and it's it's a fun little piece to it. But, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fault you for taking it under construction, but I'm not going to blame you for not taking three blind mice. Yeah, I mean, the Kyle Allen stuff in Carolina, it was against the Cardinals, but, you know, he and, and that offense looked good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that team play this weekend and seeing how they perform and how Kyle Allen performs. Um, because the Texans are going to definitely be a step up in terms of quality of competition, but if he can keep it going, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, Cam Newton, I, I still think is the guy, but, you know, who knows? This is definitely a situation to monitor, and, you know, football and sports can be weird sometime, and, you know, maybe we're watching, you know, the next Tom Brady develop before our eyes. You know, probably not, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, any given Sunday, right? It's the... It's the, do you have the matchup? Do you get to exploit the offense there? And it's a Christian McCaffrey owner. You hope Cal Allen's the, the guy there. And if it's not, it's Will Greer. And somebody keeps giving him the ball. But, I mean, I'll let you just say the, the 12th place team for posterity's sake to, to cover it and we'll be done. Yeah, the, the 12th place team is very clearly American psycho. You know, Sam's team. Um, Sam, you know, very quickly, as many people know, decided to punt on the year. And, hey, that's, you know, his right as a, a manager for fantasy football and you know in a later podcast we'll talk a little bit more about the future and foreseeable future and how some of these teams look but for this year it's it's not good for sam um i i don't know if he'll win many games or get many victory points um he's led by obviously carson wentz who you know carson wentz is a great quarterback that's there's no one's going to argue that um and you know chris godwin and christian kirk are two great wide receivers Maybe not great wide receivers, but they're well on their way to becoming great wide receivers. And David Montgomery, he's a rookie running back that gives you, I think, a lot of hope and a, you know a reason to be confident. But after you know those guys, you know maybe a Marquez Valdez Scantling, there's no one that I think most contenders would even consider remotely starting or having on their teams. You know, there's a lot of garbage on this team. And hey, Sam's, that's what Sam's envisioned when he undertook this path, so. Embrace the hate and 
get ready for uh, Tula. That's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, you know, he's definitely ready for the 2020 draft and, you know, capitalizing on all those picks he's acquired. So, uh, we've, we've gone through the power rankings. You know, tell us how much you hate um, our thoughts on your team and how much you should be higher or lower. And, you know, we appreciate feedback. Uh, so, real quick, you know, as we wind down this week's podcast, Dan, let's go through uh, the matchups for the week. Um, I am going to start us out with which matchup let's go with you know the top team in the league for you captain mayfield versus three bind mice um you know this shouldn't be close barring an injury you know nick's team is you know one of the best in the league um it for jerry you know i think for this thing it's more about or this this matchup for both teams is more about seeing uh some seeing some confidence being developed with some of your players, particularly at quarterback. You know, for Nick, Baker Mayfield has a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm very curious to see how he and that entire Cleveland team rebounds. You know, for Jerry, I'm you know, Kyle Allen. Let's see what he does. Is was that a fluke? Is he maybe a thing? I don't know. Um but yeah, this this shouldn't be close. I think Nick's gonna win this one pretty handedly. Any thoughts on that, Dan? Uh, I think the fun part becomes is is uh, Jerry's pretty invested into the Green Bay offense with Aaron Jones and Geronimo Allison, as well as into the uh, the Indy Oakland game with Jack Doyle and Hunter Renfro and then Derek Carr. I think if if Jerry can have a big game in the Aaron Jones Geronimo Allison thing, but Nobody's seen Geronimo Allison since, what, week two? That way where he switched off with MVS. Um, I like Captain Mayfield in this. I don't think it's close. Keelan Allen is the number one fantasy scorer in our scoring realm this way. I don't think it changes against a weak Miami defense. Uh, Terry McLaurin is is the rookie of rookies right now, in my opinion. Uh, I'll take Captain Mayfield in this matchup. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm curious, if you were Nick... Do you at all, maybe, slightly, kind of, consider starting Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield? Against the Giants, I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, Gardner Minshew's, or, yeah, no, I'm sorry, yeah, Gardner Minshew's playing Denver, my apologies. Um, Against the Denver defense, which just got beaten up a little bit. I Yes, I think you have a little bit of fun. I think you start Gardner Minshew. I think you make Baker Mayfield prove to you that he can be a better defense and he can be a better player. I would start Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield. I like it. I think I would do the same thing. Alright, let's jump to our next matchup and this one is kind of uneventful as well as we have American Psycho going up against Z. Uh, Sam Versane. Uh, Dan, I'll let you start. Any Any thoughts on this matchup? fun part becomes is do you watch a guy like Joe Flacco exploit the Jacksonville defense um, with all the turmoil that's going on with that Um, right now we have Jeff Wilson and Michael Crabtree sitting on part of that but I mean obviously you hope that that it gets adjusted and everything gets taken care of but I think Frank Gore's poised for it I don't know if you watch Devin Singletary come back for another week Um, will Miles Sander hold on to the ball is the other piece but it's you can't compete with the wide receiver crew, OBJ, DeAndre, Tyler Lockett, uh, and Evan Ingram. I'll take I'll take Zane by thirty. Does Zane's wide receiver core outscore Sam's entire team? I think I think you look at just OBJ, DeAndre, and Lockett, and I think those three outscore Sam's entire team. <laughs> I do not disagree at all. All right, next matchup. Let's go to franchise twelve. Versus Cold Steel and Sunshine. This one looks good on paper. Uh, we have for Franchise 12, I mean, the only notable player I think on the bye right now is Matt Breida. Um, for Franchise or for Cold Steel and Sunshine, though, unfortunately he's down a quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo out. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's I feel like it's going to be a very even matchup with... I mean, for Franchise 12, this might be the last week you can really enjoy the elite Austin Eckler you know, output, um, and for, you know, Cold Steel and Sunshine, I'm very curious to see how, you know, Todd Gurley looks, you know, does Greg Olson keep this rolling, um, but 
I don't know. I think this is going to be a very good and close matchup for you know two division rivals that are competing for the playoffs. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Do you have a prediction for this one? Um, I think you got to like franchise twelve with this. My biggest question for you, and I'll, I'll let you answer this one, is when you look at Cold Steel Sunshine, he can't stop Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you lean on a guy like Malcolm Brown and hope that he spells Todd Gurley, or do you go to a guy like Deion Lewis, Darren Sproles that can catch things out of the backfield? Or heaven forbid, Nelson Aguilar actually catches a ball out in uh, out in Philadelphia. I mean, what do you think is the best play when you're not starting Jimmy Garoppolo that you want to go to in in Cold Steel and Sunshine that could potentially swing this matchup in your favor? I think I don't think you start um, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, it sounds like Alshon Jeffrey's going to be back, and this Packers secondary is looking you know, pretty fierce to start the year. Um, so I think it comes down to Malcolm Brown, or I'm going to give you a wild card. Dawson Knox, you know, tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he looked good last week. He's a rookie, and I think, you know, maybe, you know, it's a shot in the dark, but if you don't want to start two Rams running backs, he would probably be my target. Um, but... I definitely see the merits of going with Malcolm Brown and just saying, fuck it, if Curly doesn't do it, Malcolm Brown will. Yeah, I think the, I think the fun part becomes is he's Knox has actually got a little bit of injury right now, so if he's not healthy to go, I think yes, I think you start a little Malcolm Brown, or again, I don't, I don't mind the Deion Lewis start in PPR format, at least half point for, for the running back. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong, it's... Do you make the right decisions? Making the right decisions means you're means you're going to put up a fight, but I'll, I'll still take franchise twelve in this matchup. I'll take franchise twelve too, but I will go on record. I think this is the week Will Fuller breaks out and goes for over fifteen points as a you know a, a fifty yard bomb or two, and just really goes haywire for this Texans offense. All right, so let's go to the next matchup, which will be. Uh, my eyes, the goggles do nothing. My team versus under construction, Sean O'Neill's team. Um, Dan, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think the big question becomes down is is James Conner going to be the guy that he's that he's projected to be each week? Um, Mark Andrews, I think, comes back healthy. Darren Waller gets his targets. Um, when you're starting a guy like James O'Shaughnessy at at uh, tight end, I don't think there's much to it. The Kansas City offense, yes, you want as much pieces as you can get, but starting Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins in that in that thing, I don't find the the excitement into it. Um, I like Russell Wilson's matchup against Arizona this week. Uh, Dalvin Cook's got a tough sled against the Chicago defense, but uh, I think you watch Amari Cooper feast. I think you watch Robert Woods feast against uh, Tampa Bay. I'll take you in this matchup. Yeah, nah, I won't disagree with that. I mean, Sean's team, the only thing is his wide receiver core is dangerous. And I think Devontae Adams, this is, you know, tomorrow night is the week that he gets right. And that, I think, goes off, you know, when, usually when a team and says, like, we need to get this person the ball, usually they get the ball. So I think Devontae Adams is going to rebound this week. I think the fun part is when you look at it, there hasn't really been a good Thursday night performance yet this week. Devontae Adams plays on Thursday. How many points do you think Devontae Adams has to put up to make this matchup scary for you? 75. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say, you know, anytime you get a player that scores over 30 points, that's cause for concern. So I think, you know, you want to see about over 25 points for Devontae Adams, um, especially given just, you know, when you look at these teams and how at least on the surface, you know, my team is projected to score more. But I think for Sean, he to give it to make it interesting. Like Devontae Adams needs at least over twenty five points for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. And then we move into uh, our next matchup, which isn't the matchup of the week, but we look at Flash Gordon versus tearing up the ACL. And um, I think when you look at this, Brissett and Rivers versus Jones and Stafford. Um, I don't see much of a discrepancy there as far as what you could potentially see happen. I think your difference lies in the fact that you figure out which wide receiver core is going to do better for you. Galladay, Jones, Ridley, and Shepard versus Williams, Sutton, Hardman, and, and Cooks. Um, either way, I don't think you can, can go wrong with this. Flip the coin. 
I'm going to take Flash Gordon, but I don't think this is going to be more than a five-point win for for him. I think Kevin still has a decent team, still has a, a well-rounded matchup slate this week. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be close. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the running back matchup, and I think... I like what Flash Gordon has, you know, just with the Colts, Broncos, and Ravens as his matchup versus, um, you know, the Seahawks, Bills, and Falcons. Um, unless Derrick Henry can go off or something silly, I think Flash Gordon's going to have the edge in the running back department. And then when you look at the wide receivers, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I think Hardman... I just expect to have big things. I really like him, and I think this Chiefs offense... Did you see the stat that this is the first game that Patrick Mahomes has played in a dome since, like, his last year at Texas Tech? And that was when he put up, like, 600-plus yards and, like, seven touchdowns or something insane? It's scary to think what this kid can do without wind. I mean, in a dome setting, in a ideal environment, in a more perfect way that you can throw a ball, what kind of scary things can this kid put up? Yeah, so I'm just planning on seeing, like, seven long bombs to Mark McCole Hardman. Not really, but I, I just have a feeling Hardman's going to get a touchdown this week. I think it'll be a close matchup, but it's going to come down to which running back court is better. And I'm going to get the slight edge to Flash Gordon, but I think I've always disrespected Kevin, and he's proved me wrong the entire time, so I'm just going to go ahead and congrats Kevin on his victory this week. And that brings us to, you know, for my money, the matchup of the week. And that would be Steve for Sauce versus Dan for Island of Misfit Toys. Um, I'll break it down. I think when we look at this matchup, you know, we start at quarterbacks. I think it's very evenly matched because we see, you know, Matt Ryan, um, he's got a tough matchup against the Titans. Case Keenum has, on paper, a great matchup against the Giants, but he's Case Keenum. And I don't know if he's someone you can just look in the eyes and feel comfortable starting. Uh, for Dan's team, I mean, the quarterbacks just have difficult matchups. I mean, Kirk Cousins against the Bears isn't ideal. And Josh Allen, you know, is Josh Allen, and he's playing the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen put up 30 points. I also wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen put up one point. Bill Belichick is a master defender, and I'm sure he's intrigued to go up against Josh Allen. At the running backs, I mean, I'm going to clearly give the advantage to Dan. Um, Mark Ingram and Christian McCaffrey I think are both going to go for 18 plus points this week. And Philip Lindsay I don't think is going to have the best game, but he's still a, a very solid running back. You know, for S Steve's team, it's just I mean, Devontae Freeman against the Titans, I don't expect good things. Marlon Mack against the Raiders, I think that could be a very good matchup, but I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to capitalize more in the passing game in this department. Um, where Steve, though, starts to make it interesting is obviously with his wide receivers. You know, Michael Thomas against the Cowboys, Julio Jones against the Titans, and Larry Fitzgerald against that depleted Seahawks secondary is where things could get silly. Um, Mike Williams is going against the Dolphins, and that whole Chargers team could, you know, put up 100 points. Not really, but it could be a ridiculous amount of points scored. And I think, you know, Mike Williams has been a little bit disappointed to start the year. Maybe this is his get-right game. Um, and then, you know, at tight ends, or excuse me, and then for Dan's wide receivers, again, another just tough matchup of games. Adam Thielen against the Bears, Jarvis Landry against the Ravens, you know, Julian Edelman against the Bills, and Tyler Boyd against the Steelers. I mean, those are all in my opinion, negative matchups, but all those players are good that I can't roll them out. Uh, tight ends, I mean, I'm going to give the edge to Austin Hooper, but Delaney Walker is, he's back with a vengeance this year, and he's performed very well. Um, all in all, this is a very, very, very close matchup. Uh, before I pick who I think is going to win, I'm curious what thoughts you have on it, Dan. If I told you I was confident, I'd be an absolute bullshit liar. Um, this matchup scares me immensely. When you look at Julian Edelman, who has a chest injury coming off of it, um, you've got uh, Thielen going against the Bears. It's a very scary aspect to it. There's parts of me that think about benching Jarvis Landry to go with um, 
uh, with a Cole Beasley and hoping you can exploit the, the Patriots defense that he takes Josh Allen's running game away and hopes that he gets the, the air game going. It's a scary, scary matchup. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put the bad juju on. I'm going to pick sauce in this matchup. I, the matchup right now is less than a point in predictions. Um, so I'm going to throw the bad juju on sauce and say that he's going to beat me, but, uh, I think we both score in the top five. I would agree with that. I think both of you guys will, you know, get a victory point just for being the high scorers, but I, I hate to do it. I'm going to give the edge to Steve as well. Um, and I think the decider is, I think it's going to come down to Larry Fitzgerald and Mike Williams. I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to have a very solid game against the Seahawks. And I think Mike Williams is, I think the whole Chargers team, they've been a little shaky to start. And I think what the doctor ordered is a matchup against the the Dolphin, you know, Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm expecting big things for that offense, and I think Mike Williams is you know, finally going to rebound a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm going to go and uh, find a picture of Steve, put it on a voodoo doll, and start poking it with pins, <laughs> and hope and pray that, that I can turn this the other way around. But... I mean, I, I definitely think it's going to be close, and I think, you know, for your team, I look at Josh Allen. I'm very curious to see what he does against the Patriots. Um, I think that's going to be the the tone setter for your team. And if he can come out and do Josh Allen things, I will not rule it out because Christian McCaffrey and Mark Ingram are going to give you a lot of points this weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun way to look at it. I think this is a fun matchup of the week. Um, let's hope I have better than better results in the last matchup of the week that I had. But uh, no, as always, this is always a fun time. I think this is a, it's a great matchup, and I will be nervous as hell when Sunday comes around. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up, you know, our week, you know, three podcast review, and then also, you know, previewing the matchups for week four. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys. You know, for listening, you know, giving all your thoughts and all that good stuff. Hopefully the sound was a little bit better, and and hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. We'll be back, you know, next week with another episode, and hopefully we can continue to improve and give you something that's slightly above mediocre. Best of luck in week four, and talk to you guys soon.